Welcome to the official Ronnie Landis Podcast Show, where you learn to upgrade the human experience through natural nutrition, lifestyle design, and consciousness engineering. This is no ordinary health or personal growth podcast, and Ronnie Landis is definitely no ordinary host. Ronnie Landis is an integrative nutritionist, transformation coach, and human behavioral specialist. He brings on some of the world's leading thought leaders to deliver to you the most cutting-edge information and unique perspectives so you can create the life of your dreams. Get ready to receive your upgrade in all you believed was possible, starting now. Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis Show, and I am your host, Ronnie Landis. Before we dive headfirst in today's groundbreaking and perspective-altering episode, I want to share a 60-second audio with you explaining my digital holistic nutrition certification program, the Holistic Health Mastery Program. This is a brand new recording, and I'm really excited to share it with you, so indulge me for 60 seconds and enjoy. Welcome to Holistic Health Mastery, the master's class of natural nutrition. This unique online certification program offers unparalleled wisdom on health, living foods, detoxification, longevity, and personal empowerment. Access a curriculum designed to offer far beyond the traditional teachings of nutrition, merging ancient wisdom with cutting-edge science, all delivered through an easy-to-use platform. Study each lesson at the comfort of your own home, on any device. Access over 70 video lessons and start from anywhere in the program. You are in control of the pace, where even a daily 20-30 to 30 minute investment is enough to complete the course within six months. Once you're ready, take the quiz and you're on your way to be certified as a holistic health master. In addition, you'll have access to extra features, such as monthly student support calls and an online community of students and masterminds actively discussing and sharing insights to support your education. It's time to invest in yourself and in future generations to come. Join the new leaders of natural nutrition and become a significant part of building a new paradigm in health and consciousness. So there you have it. That is the Holistic Health Mastery Program, and I'm so excited to continue to share this amazing opportunity with people all over the world. We have over 200 plus students from all over the world, and it's constantly growing. The feedback that I get on this is just really amazing, beyond my original expectations. So if you want to find out more information about this, you want to get in more details, you want to review the curriculum, or you're just ready to enroll right now, go to holistichealthmastery.com. And if you enter in the coupon code R-O-N-L-E-E, that's Ron Lee, you're going to get 10% off your enrollment fee, which can be pretty significant depending on which plan you choose for yourself. Again, that link is holistichealthmastery.com. Use the coupon code Ron Lee. Okay, so let's jump into today's episode with Seth Prezonsky. And this was a highly inspiring, highly creative off-the-beaten-path type of conversation that I think everybody is just going to really dig. I think you guys are going to love it. You're going to really find nuggets of inspiration and motivation that are going to keep you driving forward in your life, excavating the miracles in your immediate life. 
what I mean by that is that one of the things that I got out of this conversation is Seth has a primary focus on expressing and identifying the miracle of life that should be so obvious to us. The fact that our human body runs and operates independent of our conscious thought and oftentimes in spite of ourselves, it is still going, it is still thriving, it is still healing itself. That is the most evidence of the miracle of life. And yet we take it for granted. We get distracted, we get inundated, we get indoctrinated, we get inoculated with the world and the fears and the concerns and worry-making machine of society around us. And we don't take a breath and stop and notice that this whole thing is a divine miracle each and every moment. And that is just one of the, the feeling tones that I think you get from listening to this conversation. However, it goes into much deeper areas. You know, I think th this talk is entitled, I entitled it, Finding Freedom Through Dedication and Discipline. And there is an art to this. You know, in this conversation, I think you start to find that um, it's, it's, there's a freedom you find, there's a liberation you come to in life when you dedicate yourself to something beyond you. You discipline your disappointments. You discipline the worry-making machine in the mind, and you start to seek higher ground. You raise your standards. You, you look outside of yourself, outside of your own personal bubble, and you start to be of service to the world around you. And we also talk about the difference between entrepreneurship and conscious entrepreneurship which is very important for everybody out there that is an entrepreneur or you want to be an entrepreneur or if you aren't necessarily an entrepreneur but you have entrepreneurial tendencies, maybe you're working for another company or something, there's ways that you can shift your mindset and your heart set to take on a conscious entrepreneurial perspective to whatever it is that you're doing and to bring more excellence to those areas in your world and to bring more excellence to your immediate world, your immediate uh, personal affairs. And ultimately, you create freedom in your life when you bring excellence to your life. What a great interview. What a great conversation. Get ready and enjoy this conversation between me and Seth Przonski. Seth Leif Przanski was born into the world with the ability to interpret deeply profound universal wisdom directly from his soul. Throughout the course of his life, he has learned how to masterfully articulate this knowing in a way that benefits those who desperately are looking for real answers to the big questions we all face in life. He has taken the development of his inner state and applied it successfully to the world at large through what he calls consciouspreneurship. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Ronnie. I really appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And um, you know, I've been looking forward to, the, forward to this for a little while and learning more about your work. It, it, I can tell that 
the work that you're doing is really multidimensional. It covers different directions. And I'm really excited to just learn more about what it is that you're doing in the world. And I know the audience is going to get a lot out of this. Great, great, wonderful. I love it. So the best place I want to start to kick things off is what does it mean to you to be a conscious-preneur? <laughs> well, I think a lot of different people will have different definitions as to what that could mean. But to me personally, it's kind of like you just said in the beginning. It's, it's a very multidimensional approach to the way we do business in this world and the way we work in this world. So from me personally, right from my core, I'm somebody who has spent a lot of time in deep contemplative states of mind, somebody who has really, really not just pondered the meaning of my own existence and the existence of life itself, but somebody who has come to experience what those conceptual meanings are. Mm. So from a direct experiential perspective, I've come to the point where I've really trained my mind to identify with that what I really am. And so what I mean is instead of just identifying with the world from what we think a human perspective is, I've learned how to really dial it back in and identify with the world through the essence of what it actually is to be human at the core, literally the energy that animates the brain and body. And through years of doing that and years of focusing on it, I have learned how to take that inner state and like literally bring it out into the world by applying it into thought, deed, action, business structures, everything. And so for me, that's kind of what that means. Interesting. Um, I really like that explanation. And, I, you know, it's funny. I use the term entrepreneur differently than I might have before. Um, you know, there's all kinds of connotations. Many of them are indicating um, you know, like a lifestyle that is quote unquote full of freedom, which when you do become an entrepreneur, you quickly find out that that's not actually the case. Um, or at least in the way that we think of it, like, you know, escaping the rigors of a, a nine to five of, of a job, a just over broke status, um, working for someone else essentially. And I just find that such an interesting idea because through my own experience, I start using this label of an entrepreneur kind of like a guidance system you know it guides my personal development it guides my um my behaviors you know and, and it actually has made me a better person in a lot of areas because there's interesting things that come up when you really dedicate yourself to to any kind of discipline but one where you have to be very you have to be an in integrity you have to your word has to be your bond because you're exchanging with people um, through commerce of some sort, and it calls it calls different qualities out of you than you know if you're just kind of uh, I guess you could say like working for someone else just for simplicity's sake. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Confucius said something to the effect of "Find what you love and never work a day in your life." Right. And that's really like a guiding mantra for us who want to create our own way in this world and who want to create, you know, businesses that function in integrity with who we are, but also in a way that's practical in the world. And so, you know, when you really discover what you are and you love who you are and you love what life is, then even if the way the world seems to be functioning right now doesn't feel like it fits in perfect to you. 
you're still able to navigate through it in a way that is an integrity and that does feel right because you're connecting to something that's just that transcends the way things seem to be. Mm, I really like that. What, is there um is there a distinction that you would possibly make between a quote unquote entrepreneur as it has expressed itself or as many people might think of it and a consciouspreneur? Absolutely. I mean, for me, again, like I said, I'm, I'm coming at it from a really deep, deep perspective. But, you know, it, it's really, it's creating structure in the world that allows us to develop ourselves while living in the world, but also helping others be a part of it. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of the typical way that businesses function in this world is based on what's called the bottom line, right? And they're really just functioning solely based on profit, bottom dollar. And, you know, a consciouspreneur would be somebody who would more function, create a business structure that's more based on what's called the triple bottom line of people, planet, and profit, Mm -hmm. right? So our, our profit only comes after we've really looked at, okay, is this good for people? Is this good for the planet? And if it is, then, okay, now we can start creating profit. But there's even a better, a, a more evolved business stru- structure that's coming out into the world. And um, a guy named Frederick Leloux talks about it a lot in a book he wrote called Reinventing Organizations. And it's referred to as a teal organization, which te- it's color-coded based on some of the work that Ken Wilber did, mm. but it's redesigning business structures so that they function in a way that is much more equal, so that people are part of an organization in a way where they're encouraged to bring their whole self to the job, to the work, and to develop their creativity and develop their innate inner talents and bring that into the organization. So... You know, when I talk about being a conscious entrepreneur or, or somebody compared to what we typically look at as an entrepreneur, I'm talking about something that is much more in alignment with reality, with reality as it actually exists. It's more like a living organism instead of just like a machine, a clunky machine that doesn't really fit into its environment. So. Interesting. Yeah, you know, it's so funny. Um, what I just thought of is this idea of domestication. And um, one of the book ideas I have, I'll say it on here, I'm going to go trademark this really quickly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it was a download that I got. And, and basically, I downloaded this whole concept in like five minutes. And the title is Rising from the Ashes of Human Domestication. Mm. And it's not just one thing it's 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 a whole psychological consciousness spiritual emotional and physical kind of shift that has to be made where you know i just like the example if you took a monkey or a gorilla and put them in an apartment um like in new york city or something took them out of their natural wild habitat and brought them into a domesticated situation gave them coffee donuts cigarettes soda, whatever, um, their genetic expression would obviously change, but their behavioral patterns would obviously change and become a little more docile. So what I'm, what I'm a cool direction that I'd like to, to go with you on this, on this tip is, um, docility, like the, the docile nature, or I don't want to say the docile nature, but what 
let me let me rephrase this really quickly for clarity purpose. Um, within what we're talking about, do you see your message and what you're explaining as a way to help people become less docile and more in their wild, ecstatic state? I would absolutely think so. You know, across the spectrum in so many different ways, and part of it is it's like it's not necessarily my message all that i'm really trying to do is help people you know and to facilitate people being able to hear the message that is literally inside of them because mm-hmm. that's what is truly going on and that's where the life truly is you know we're born into this world with so much awe and wonder and potential and we're so open and we're in such an expansive state which that expansive state is much more in alignment with reality than anything else, right? The universe is expanding. Our like reality itself is in an expansive state. Yet somehow in this human experience that we all seem to be having, we're in a very, I don't even want to say neutral. It's a very contracted state in most circumstances. Mm-hmm. So we automatically become conditioned by that without even recognizing what's happening to us. So all the joy, wonder, awe, everything that we're experiencing as children, it suddenly becomes dulled and in many cases deadened. And it's kind of just shut down to the degree where we have no idea what happened. And so this inner state where all the awe and wonder is is really kind of dormant. It just kind of shuts down and goes inside of us. And we become used to perceiving the world from the outside in. And we become so used to perceiving the world from the outside in that we come to expect our further perception of reality to be that which we have already experienced. Mm. And in doing that creates a prison of self. It's a prison of mind in which the very essence of our own being, our soul, you could call it, whatever, there's a million different names that that don't even come to describe that what it really is but that part of us our soul our essence literally becomes dormant and it becomes shut down and almost hidden captive inside of the ego the self the human who we believe ourselves to be so a lot of my work essentially at its core is getting people to objectively look at the situation based on this is happening to all of us it's happening to everybody And until we are much more acutely aware of what this process is that's kind of deadening our our inner self and our ability to be aware of it, then it will continue to do that. But when we recognize what's happening and kind of from a mental, emotional perspective really become aware of these processes that are around us, then we're able to rise above, beyond, and through them because we're realizing, okay, nobody is going to do for us what we need to do for ourselves. Nobody is going to take our hand and lead us out of it. Maybe somebody will, maybe, you know, but the most that others can ever really do is make suggestions. They can point the way, but ultimately it's us that have to seize the day and, and take mm-hmm. advantage of what we have available. And what we have available is nothing short of a miracle. It is nothing short of it. The energy that is literally causing our heart to beat, our lungs to breathe. It's allowing thoughts to rise, arise in our mind out of nowhere. Every cell in our body is literally charged with nothing shy of a complete miracle. 
So when we, the people who we believe ourselves to be, start to train our mind to focus on that part of ourselves, magic happens, miracles happen. There's no way to even describe these things because you literally train your perception. I always say perception is so much like a muscle. You know, unless you know what to pick up, what kind of weights to pick up and know how to develop it, you will not perceptively develop. But when you recognize, when you know what to lift and what to do and you strengthen those muscles and you work at it, you will come to perceive things in and around your own being that are literally a miracle. It is the miracle of life in action. The longer you do that, the more a balance and a harmony comes about within and around your whole being. And once you've done that and really, really committed to doing that, then you're able to take that self-actualization and apply it to the world in whatever way is most suited for you in your current circumstance in the world. Mm, you said some really, you said a few, a few uh, positive trigger points for me. And um, one of the things that I, I often will remind people is that um, on the menu board of the universe, I like to open up with that whenever I'm talking about like food or in lectures, I'm, I'm kind of detailing all these expansive options for how you can live your life, how you can change your diet, da, 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 da. but the core theme is always coming back to the menu board of the universe or the menu board of nature and very possibly we as a society we just weren't given all the options. We thought that we had to order from the dollar menu all of our life. We didn't really realize that there was this whole unlimited bandwidth of options available to us, and it was our perceptual filter or our, our, our RAWs, if you will, our, our self-filtering mechanism in the brain that basically filters in self-bias or egoic biases that help us... Um, uh, I guess the best way that I, I can say it, and you've already kind of laid it out, but it helps us stay in what is familiar, and it keeps our our, our reality kind of st uh, stuck, but it keeps it together as it's familiar, right? So we don't get out of our comfort zone. We don't stray too far from the village. We just stay right there on the edge of comfort, but oftentimes we don't take that next step to get on the razor's edge of discomfort, and, um, you know, I think that's just a powerful idea, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, before I do that, I just want to bring up one, one quick thing that came up for me. Hopefully, it'll add to this conversation. You said something else that was really powerful about... Um, basically we are the ones that have to do it, right? We're the ones who have to take up the, the torch of our own life and our own evolution. The ETs aren't coming down to do it for us. God, as we think of it, um, isn't coming down to do it for us. We are the ones who have to take the first step. And, uh, what came up for me when you said that was, I remember listening to a short Chris Rock, uh, interview for some reason. I do that sometimes. And you know, <laughs> the comedian, I like to hear, the perspective of a wide diversity of human beings. I'm like, okay, if they've been through something, then they're telling me something. Um, and he made this example. He's like, you know, it's funny. If your car breaks down and you get out on the side of the road and try to wave your hand, most people won't stop. But if you start pushing the car yourself, all kinds of people will pull over to help you push it. <laughs> and I was just like, and how simple it was, I was like, 
Oh my goodness, how true is that? So, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. When you put effort in, it's amazing how much support just seemingly out of nowhere comes to aid you in doing that. And it's something we see over and over again and it really separates the the talkers from the doers, you know. Right. right. <laughs> do, do you feel just on that note, I want to ask you this, do you feel that there's some kind of design in the, the, the universe, so to speak, um, that that's actually the way that it's meant to be. So like, for example, that there's some kind of, um, you know, as an athlete growing up, you kind of have, there's like the A, B, there's the A team, the elite team, and then the B team. And there's certain tests that are designed to weed out people from where to put them in what category do you feel like from that perspective of people that spend their life talking about what they're going to do but don't doing it like life kind of sets up certain challenges to weed people in and out absolutely i mean you could definitely definitely look at it from that perspective but you know in a lot of ways it's actually really way more simple than us humans make it out to be and right part of that comes in you know just observing the natural world you know when you look at the natural world around you there is a holistic sense of expression things work in harmony with each other they work in ecosystems they work in systems that support one another this happens from you know the subatomic level all the way up to realms that we you know to the other sides of the universe of the multiverse of things that we seemingly, with our human senses, aren't able to comprehend. So, you know, is there, is there a harmony? Is there a way? Is there a support mechanism that exists within reality? Absolutely, 100%. But human beings have this whole idea that they can create something in a way that is out of alignment and out of integrity mm-hmm. with these systems that are in and around all of us. And a lot of what occurs as a result of doing that is quite self-evident. Here we are, a species that are literally destroying ourselves, each other, this planet, because we have this idea of creating things in a way that is very cut off from reality itself. So what I'm saying is why not create, because we can absolutely still engage in that creative process but in a way that is supported by these natural systems in and around everything. And I can tell you, it's real, and it works, and it's happening, and it's there to support us. We, as individuals, just have to recognize this, you know? And and part of it is nobody encouraged this in us. Nobody really taught it to us. Nobody, you know, nobody said... This inner state that you're focusing on right now, whatever it is that you're focusing on and however it is that you as an individual are aware of it, just keep doing that. Keep focusing on it. Keep developing it. And you will be able to apply that to the world in harmony with all that is. Nobody really ever told us that. And so we don't know how to do that, especially in the civilized worlds, you know? Uh, you know, this question that's coming up for me, I think it's going to be really helpful for a lot of people. Um, you know, you, you talk about your, your, the, the, the quote unquote message that you're sharing and your work is based on your personal experience first and foremost, right? 
So from that place, I'm curious what your experience is going through, I guess, the rungs of the ladder of conscious empowerment and having the conviction in in focusing your energy and your mind on that which you actually want to create, right? Being in alignment with that despite or independent of circumstances and the, the directives of the world. Um, what I'm feeling is that, you know, what I've seen in a lot of people in the quote-unquote conscious community you see this bifurcation oftentimes where you see people that have stayed with the path and have stayed with the disciplines, you know, reading scripture, doing doing holy work, doing their yoga, doing their, their whatever their practices, staying with it, right? And then you see people that were super excited for a while and they really believed it or maybe they really desperately wanted to believe it. But then like they go, they just go off the path and they don't, they don't stick with their practice, and I often will actually see some people seemingly being worse off than they were before. I'm just curious, you know, um, if that makes any sense to you, what, what your perspective is on that, um, and if you have experience in terms of, like, you know, uh, your, your own experience of how you started from where you were and then coming to where you're at. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, absolutely great. Okay. There's a lot, a lot there in what you said. I mean... So there's many different layers to that, but a lot of it, it's like, yes, okay, what I'm doing is, is explaining my own, part of my own personal experience, but part of that, in relation to that, is I know that I'm not the only one having these experiences. I've encountered many who are, and, and many who are on the cusp of having these type of experiences. And while they're all unique in that the individual who's perceiving them has their own unique ability to perceive them there is a unifying thread through all of it that brings it together so ultimately i'm trying to just encourage people to be aware of this part of themselves in a way that they can then be empowered enough to take responsibility for it and develop it now it's funny because there's this when when i've i've been aware of this stuff since i was a child and i've always there wasn't a vocabulary for it then from other people. It was just a normal, natural function of my own consciousness. And I could clearly see that I was no special or no different than anybody else. I was just paying more attention to this. I just had the ability to be aware of it. And as a result, I focused on it because it felt good to me. But as I grew up and got older, I felt very isolated and very disconnected. And so Nobody encouraged that part of me, and so I naturally just didn't focus on it. But the world was dense, and it was painful, and that created a lot of suffering. And as a result of that suffering, I realized that there was a missing ingredient. There was something that I wasn't acknowledging about myself that was causing me to suffer tremendously. Mm. And as a result of that, I started to really question myself this world i didn't there were times when i didn't even know what i was questioning but i knew there was something missing and i just kept turning to whatever that in missing ingredient was what is it why am i suffering why is it there and then taking a stand i'm not going to keep suffering i need to know what this life is i need to know what my purpose in this life is and almost obsessing about it, just focusing on it so much to the degree of like, if I don't figure out 
who and what I am and what this life is for, then I do not want to go on because I not only am I suffering, but I see, hear, feel, and experience beyond my normal senses the suffering of the world around me, whether it's no matter what species it is. As a result of that, I just kept going and eventually broke through to that which I was really seeking and, and actually seeking. And amazingly, it was just something that was always there and it was always so natural and it was just so alive in the moment here right now. And when I became aware of what that was, then I was able to really develop its potential within and around me. However, what I see happening with people is because they have glimpses of it. Yes. They, because nobody ever encouraged that part of ourselves. we don't actually fully have a grasp on what it is in us that is invoking those feelings and that sense of awe and wonder. And so it's hard for people to develop it. So now, okay, fast forward to this point in time, it's amazing because there's this whole new renaissance, this like emergence of spiritual culture and discussion. And I love it. I'm so happy because even though a lot of people aren't fully aware, you know, everybody talks about the dialogue and the vocabulary of consciousness and enlightenment and energy and all these things, you can tell they're, they don't fully know what it is, but the dialogue exists for it and they know enough about it to know that there's something real. So to me, we now have an unbelievably fertile ground to take all of this to the very, very next levels, if not entirely quantum levels of realization, both for the individual and collective. So back to what you were saying before, people touch on this stuff. They become aware of it. They start down whatever different kind of spiritual idea or path or notion or whatever it may be, whether it's religion or a yoga practice or a qigong practice or a meditation, and they get results for a little while and they love it and they're into it, but then they it slows down because that quick fix, instant dose of what it feels like to experience your own consciousness isn't as readily available. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason why it's not so readily available is because, again, you have to keep realizing a few things. One, we're developing our perception. And just like building a muscle, you have to work that muscle, but then you have to let it rest. Right. You have to like really let it rest. And it's in that rest period where growth can happen. There's more to it than that. If we allow the world to do our thinking for us, then we're never able to really find the part of us that is able to think for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So many people will get lost. They'll get stuck and they'll get frustrated because they're not thinking for themselves. And part of thinking for yourself is just to stop thinking altogether and observe, <laughs> mm -hmm. literally observe. So why you're getting all these great results doing your meditation practice or your yoga practice or whatever. And now you're not. Step back and just stop and just pay attention both to you in your immediate, you know, your, your immediate space and consider what's going on in the world. We are living in a very dense time. There's all this unlimited potential, but the human species have literally boxed and cornered 
us, each and every one of us, because we're all human beings, right, into this place where we're at a very, very critical time. There are so many human beings alive on this planet right now. The human brain, the human body is the most powerful generator of energy and frequencies that I've ever experienced, especially when you really, really understand the potential within you. But with so many people who are very oblivious and very turned off, tuned out to what that potential is within them, they're still creating thoughts. They're still creating an energy field and they're still creating. And what they're creating is a very limited way of perceiving the world that creates a very dense kind of atmosphere for those of us who are trying to think outside of the box. This enslaves us so deeply. And really, one of the only ways out of this is to realize that it's going on. The people around us are thinking in very relative terms. This is who I am. This is my world. This is what I'm doing. And this is all that's going on with light. (laughs) That's what a lot of people think. They just think that who they are and the experience they're having right now is all that's going on. Mm -hmm. They're oblivious to every detail of the natural world around them, way beyond them, especially the natural world inside their own bodies. You know, I've heard people say people know more about their own cars than they do their own bodies. And I'm not just talking about from a, this is where my organs are, this is how they function. There's literally something that is allowing every system in our being function harmoniously together and in balance. When we as individuals really, really finally to finally develop our perception of what that is, that's when we really, really understand the potential of the human body. And it's beyond anything that it's it's almost it becomes very difficult to put into words. And that's the beauty of it, because now we do have a lot of words to describe a lot of things and really help people to explain it. But these next levels, this critical mass that we're all getting towards is really a transcendence of human understanding as it currently exists. So, mm. yeah, <laughs> I know I've, I just said that. Oh, it's fantastic. I, I think it's just, it's, it's amazing when you consider how many people are degenerating, how many people, you know, they've, they've grown up on glow-in-the-dark milk and the worst, most toxic, like, animal products and, you know, pesticides, herbicides, like, every crazy concoction that the human species could come up with, um, chemically speaking, um, and somebody could be could grow up in the the incubating in that right and have no awareness of like um, how to change their their diet to like organic food, um, let alone everything you're talking about. But just on the body perspective, I always found it so fascinating how somebody could be well constructed, they could develop their 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 physical body and and seem to have all the lights on behind the behind the windows of their eyes like everything seems to be tuned on turned on and they're functional right um i always found that fascinating because like there's something going on within the human being within the human uh, instrument that is not is not just about the the organ matrix and the and uh the physical template there's some kind of primordial force of life that exists within our bodies that is actually keeping everything going 
you know, because for most people, it's like, wow, I just have to, I just have to step back sometimes and be like, wow, how is this, how is this show still going on? It's, it's actually miraculous. And that's kind of like that, that, that big question mark I have is like, what is keeping, keeping people online? What's keeping them going? Um, despite all the indiscretions of their behavior, um, so anyways, I just find that always just a fascinating thing. And then what comes out of that for me is H-O-P-E. Like I always come out like with hope and inspiration of like, okay, wow, under the most, under the most intense circumstances, there is a, there is an evolutionary impulse. You might call that imaginal cells or something. There's an evolutionary impulse that's pre-registered in the human experience despite all odds to continue to evolve and grow and to live on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what it is? It's interesting because we talk, you know, and these words that I'm suggesting towards this life force that animates our brain and body in and around everybody, most people, you know, a lot of people will doubt it and, and they don't understand it nearly to the degree that they're capable of only because their ability to perceive it is like atrophied pretty much. And, you know, when you talk about the miracle of life, when you talk about this energy that animates the brain and body and that animates nature and allows everything to exist in harmony, we as individuals absolutely 111% have the ability to perceive what may be called these finer, these finer and subtler energy fields that animate everything. And the more we really just recognize, okay, there's, some, there's a big piece of the puzzle that I'm not getting, I'm not paying attention, but I know it's there and I want to perceive it. I'm going, and even though I can't put my finger on it exactly, I'm still going to go, even if it's a shot in the dark, and I'm just going to keep trudging onward and upward, spiraling into a much more developed and enhanced perception of reality. And then you eventually, by trudging onward and developing that and becoming more perceptively aware of all that is immediately available from life itself, you come to recognize that these energy fields, these things that actually animate all of life, aren't subtle at all. The only thing that was subtle was our ability to perceive it. Mm -hmm. And when you really, really kind of hit the tipping point and cross over into that other side, then a whole other level begins to develop within you. And I know there's enough of us aware of this, even if it's just to a small degree and some to a much greater degree. There's enough of us alive right here, right now on this planet that if we as individuals take responsibility for developing this perceptive awareness within us, then we're going to, in turn, help others do this in themselves. And when enough of us come together and do this, we are literally going to, we have the potential anyway, to hit a critical mass, a tipping point in which our species, and it's just, it's really stupid in a lot of ways because <laughs> all we're actually really doing is coming to perceive reality as it actually is Instead of in this really just destructive, self-centered, ego-centered, you know, totally destructive, chaotic way of living in complete disharmony with ourselves, each other, and this planet. So, in a way, all we're doing is 
returning to a natural state, to something that was, is, and always will be, but in choosing as individuals to return to that, we enact that collective perception. And even though we're tuning into something that is and always will be, we hit, like you just said, this evolutionary impulse in which we literally evolve consciously. So it's always there and it's always going on. But our species awakens individually and collectively together. And the potential of what exists on the other side of that is something that nobody actually really knows because that is life itself. And what is life? What is it? It's, it is the miracle of existence in action. It's literally trying to evolve through each and every one of us into something beyond what it already is. And in that regard, we can even say that maybe life itself doesn't even know what it's going to become. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It knows what it is, but does it know what it's going to become? Can it become more conscious of itself? Who knows? I would never ever be one to say that I know because I have no idea. However, I do have an idea within my own being and I do have enough experience with really testing the potentials of that idea within me. And the results are nothing but awe-inspiring, miraculous, just mind-blowing. It alleviates pain and suffering in the body. It alleviates pain and suffering in others around. Your ability to have compassion and love yourself, others in this world, is increased and augmented so dramatically that you, you, you feel, not only do you feel obligated, but you voluntarily want to go out in the world and help others come to this realization within themselves because it's the only thing that really truly matters. We were this before we, be, before we came into this world. We will be this when and if this world ever comes to an end, but we certainly are this right now. So why not tap into this potential and live from that place? I mean, it's amazing to see the effect that it has on people around us. They love us. They, they, peop- when you really, really show somebody that you love them and you care about them and you want them to know this part of themselves, they love you back for it. And they want to assist in others coming to this realization. So, mm-hmm, Absolutely. Um, you know... It's a funny. It's it, I have one direction I want to go, but I'm gonna I'm gonna dismiss that to go to this part this part because everything you're saying is really powerful and and really content rich and I'm really wanting for me and for the audience to get a few little insights that people can practically take with them to start to explore and maybe possibly um, solidify the states of empowerment and conscious awareness that you're speaking from because, you know, it's really, to me, it all comes down to your disciplines and your rituals, right? Like, if you, you, we can talk about this stuff, we can believe in it for moments and glimpses in time, but if we don't have rituals that act as, like, anchor points for us to, like, anchor us into these states and that we can actually animate within our own life and our day-to-day life, then it, it, you know, it can become almost like um, it just it just gets ungrounded for a lot of people, and they're not sure how to to integrate kind of the ethereal and the practical parts of their life, and then so it becomes two different 
sides of their life instead of just one. So anyways, my question is, were there certain practices and tools or strategies that you used to anchor this in so to help it integrate? Absolutely, yes. And part of it is this. It's like, I'm trying to think of how to say this in a really condensed kind of way. I know a lot of the things I say can kind of really tie in a lot of elements and it can confuse some people. But um, first of all, from a very observational perspective, the things that I'm speaking of and suggesting are a natural function of our very basic human consciousness. So the way we as human beings, the people who we believe ourselves to be, the story that we're telling ourselves, this energy is there in it. It's right. It's so, so imbued into our moment-to-moment experience that if we had any idea, we could literally rapidly make that transition. But since most people are, they're, they're not near that point, you know, and they can't imagine what it's like, yet they kind of would like to be. There are certainly practices that really, really have helped me at times when I've needed them the most. Um, a lot of it is we're so stuck in our heads. We're really, really stuck in this mental kind of, this mental constructed view of reality that really isn't our own. A lot of it has been taught to us directly or indirectly by others. So because of that, we're stuck in our head, in our ego, right? Who The person who we believe ourselves to be. And so we're not so focused on, we're, we're so focused on who we believe ourselves to be that we become all but oblivious to what we actually are. So then the next step is that, okay, I'm stuck in my head. Second, I get to get in my body and that's where diet and, you know, exercise and all these things really, really assist and help. And, you know, I love yoga, love it, love yoga in the West. And yoga has been a tremendous tool and a wonderful thing to help me um, become much more in my body and much more aware of, of, of who and what I am from the perspective of soul. However, when you look at the yoga sutras, kind of, you know, the, the derivation of yoga and where we are told yoga comes out of, that is very, very different than the yoga that we are currently practicing from in the West. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean there's absolutely yoga practitioners out there who are really, really in alignment with that and helping to take it to the next level. However, it isn't as wide, it isn't as available as on a widespread level as I would like to see it be. Yet I know these people are working to really get it out there and do a lot more and thank goodness for that. But for me personally, I, I've really, really been into Qigong practices particularly Qigong meditation, because where yoga in the West is very, very um, body-centered, which is great because we got to get out of our heads and into our body. That's the next step for sure. A lot of the yoga that I've experienced, it hasn't given people, it hasn't suggested as much as, okay, the next level of this by focusing on your breath and focusing on is to come to identify with what it is that is actually allowing you to breathe where a lot of Qigong practices, or, or many, and again, there's lots of different Qigong practices too, but I'm more referring to these inner Qigong practices, these meditations, not so much the Kung Fu and stuff, that's more of like a bodily thing, which is great, but a Qigong practice that literally teaches us to identify with the energy, the, the meridians, the channels, the actually energy that animates our brain and body. 
And through different disciplines and practices and teachings, that's what it actually does. You get into your body and then you come to terms with, okay, my heart is beating. My brain is actually creating electricity and sending it through my spinal column into all of these functions, causing everything to work harmoniously. I mean, just thinking about that for a minute, if there is electricity being generated inside of my own body, then obviously my perception of reality and self has an electrical nature to it. There's an electrical component. So it's learning to identify with that part of yourself over just accepting the physical appearance of the way things seem to be. So these different, and you know, I'm, there's so many different Qigong teachings out there, um, you know, there, and there's so many different people who teach it. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of a few. There, you know, there's great ones in China, but in, here in the East, I mean, in the West, there's uh, Master Chun Yulin. He's fantastic, really accessible way to um, to be aware of this, and you know, and to literally just slow down and, and perceive the energies in the body. Tai Chi. So that that's really what what I would have to say. A lot of these inner Qigong practices that teach you to identify with the energy that animates the brain and body are head and shoulders above and beyond a lot of the other different disciplines and practices that I've done. But there's a lot more to be said about all those as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it kind of acts like stepping stones, right? Exactly. And that's all we can ever really do is you know, somebody said success, success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. And ultimately, that's all it comes down to. You know, the way and methods and disciplines which an individual will use to attain this, you know, higher realization or this inner realization, which is actually, you know, all it really is, is just a closer state to perceiving reality as it actually is. But people will have different ways to getting to these places. But ultimately, it's their, it's their progressive realization of a worthy ideal. It's their ability to say, you know what? I know there's something going on. I know there's more to perceive. And I'm going to perceive it. And I want to perceive it. And I'm going to keep back to what we were saying at the beginning of all this and what you mentioned with that Chris Rock thing. It's like when you just put this into action, even if you don't necessarily know what it is, but start working to do it, then you'll find that doors open. Things happen. One step leads to another. And what works for you may not work for somebody else, or it may, and in, but it doesn't even matter. You know, you just got to find what works for you. And then you're walking on that edge. You're getting to that point where you're stepping out of your comfort zone and you're starting to see results just by continuing to keep on your own volition, just walking towards it and, and only stopping to observe. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Even if you do mess up, even if you do digress or transgress or make a mistake, so what? Uh, that's part of it. You know, it really is. We have to make what we think are mistakes. Of course, we all do, you know? Yeah, sometimes sometimes you do need to veg out, so to speak. You need to, you know, take a break, you know, when you've been working so hard and so diligently and you're so passionate and disciplined um, that's the idea of a Sunday, right? To go out into the sun and to take a break. Even John Gray, I had him on a while back 
the the world's leading like relationship expert and one like the literally the the actual best-selling non-fiction author of all time which i found pretty interesting um he was really talking about this idea of you know everybody needs to take a break at times and as simple as simplistic as that sounds that is a challenge for human beings in the 21st century, especially those of us who are actually super passionate and we are willing to go as far as we need to go and to break through, bypass any barriers put in front of us. That can kind of be a double-edged sword sometimes, right? Because the human, the human instrument, as it were, um, is built in cycles and you, you have catabolism and anabolism. And like you said before, when you rest in sleep, essentially, that's when you get the deepest, the deepest levels of growth and rejuvenation. And so that's the thing that I find with me and with many other like, you know, entrepreneurs, consciouspreneurs, whatever, um, is that we can run into that, that roadblock sometimes of being, being ambitious, but not necessarily listening to our deeper calling when we need to take a step back. Oh my God. And isn't that really where it all comes back to? It's, it's absolute. We, we do. We just need to take a break. We just need to rest. And doing it within that balance point is really something that only we as the individual can assess and determine and figure out what works best for us, you know? Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah wonderful um so you have you have a, a book coming out very soon yes yep when did i do what what's it called and when does that come out it's called a return to enlightenment and you know i uh i had a really traumatic kind of life-changing experience a few years ago um in my whole entrepreneurial kind of mindset, you know, and part of the whole entrepreneur thing is we have all these different things going on at once. And, you know, we always have like two or three or more projects going at the same time and mm-hmm. kind of nursing and nurturing each one of them. And, you know, I, I made the mistake of engaging in something that I used to believe in a lot when I was younger, but kind of stopped believing in and selling pot. I was selling pot and I, it was something I believed in and was into as a younger person. I'm not against it or anything now, but I stopped using substances like that. I just I had no interest for it. It didn't help me spiritually. However, I live in a state that's very progressive in that medically and everything. And I got involved in doing that and I got arrested and I went to jail for a long time. And in there, I it was like I had no choice but to focus on every single thing that I had ever come to in my life. Like, okay, I'm in prison. How did I get here? Yeah, I was selling pot, but what's the deeper meaning behind it? What's the patterns? And so what I did was I wrote out my entire, everything that I remembered from early in my childhood up until that very point to just look for patterns. And sure enough, there were clear, visible patterns that just kept coming up the entire time. And you know, as a result of doing that, you know, there, there's another thing too, just to go back a little bit. It's a great technique. It's a great discipline is to write out the things that trouble us and to write out the story that we're telling ourselves, because in doing that, we're both getting it out of us so that we're no longer identifying with it to the degree that it rules us, but also we're able to become aware of limiting beliefs, ideas, feelings, patterns, whatever, and work on overcoming them. So, 
anyway, I in that situation, I wrote this book. And when I got out, I found a, this wonderful guy who helped me edit it and throw it together. And now um, I'm, I'm in Waterside Publishing Agency just waiting to get a publishing deal for it. So I don't know when it's going to come out, but it's, it will. Cool. So we'll be on the lookout for that. Um, it sounds super interesting. But for now, you know, where are the channels that everybody can find more about your work? <laughs> well, Find me on Facebook. Friend me on there. My name's Seth Lee Przanski. Um I'm doing a wonderful podcast right now with this woman, Heather uh, Maker. name is. It's called Soul Sandbox. And that's on Facebook as well. We're doing a bunch of stuff on there. It's like videos, and we just kind of got that going. Um, I'm a vocalist. I do music um, in a band called In the Wind, which is that's on there as well. Um, I have a certified organic raw food snack company called Living Nuts with a Z. And that's a 14-year-old company, believe it or not. We've been, oh, wow. My brother and I, yeah, we've had that for 14 years, which I can't believe it's been going on that long. But yeah, when, when the whole kind of raw food movement came into being, uh, my brother and I were right there to, you know, to create that and do it. And the company's been in existence ever since, and it's doing fantastic. Um, so that's livingnuts.com. I just launched... Um, the highest quality, most ethically sourced bottled water in the world. It's called tourmaline spring, like the gemstone tourmaline. Mm -hmm. So tourmaline spring, that's a whole other thing. There's a lot of integrity that does not exist in the bottled water industry. And so we looked at how do we really, really do everything in our power to represent that level of integrity that we know can and will be there. And we're, we're so confident we did that. We're not perfect, but we're really, really close. And getting better all the time so there's that um and yeah that's it like if, if anybody finds me on facebook and all that stuff then i can you know just get everybody going on all that and all this stuff is there so awesome awesome look i really appreciate um you coming on making the time to have this incredible conversation so much gold here and I know that people will be listening to this multiple times. You guys are going to have to really take a lot of it in, but um, I mean, it's just so it's just so paramount for where we're going in this whole adventure story that we're all a part of. And I'm just very appreciative for you joining me. I'm the feeling is one bazillion, infinite percent mutual. I love your work. I love everything you're doing, and you know, it's like. At some point, we got to kind of think from that teal perspective, that evolutionary teal perspective. It's like we all have different words and different ways to explain essentially what is the same thing. And yes. we got to find a way to work together. And I love your work. I love what you're doing. And thank you for having me here. Mm, thank you so much. And for all of you listening, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. It's been a pleasure. And... We will tune in with you on the next episode. Aloha. Good night.